Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is indeed risen. Welcome to worship on this blessed Easter Sunday with St. Matthew Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Eric Trazo. It is wonderful to have you with us. We do indeed proclaim the risen Christ this day. And so as we begin our worship, let us return first to our baptism for our time of confession and forgiveness. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. O God, you gave your only Son to suffer death on the cross for our redemption. And by his glorious resurrection, you delivered us from the power of death. Make us die every day to sin, that we may live with him forever in the joy of the resurrection. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I invite you to be seated. It is the children's time. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning to all of you here and there. Peace be with you. So today's a very special day, we know. Today is Easter, the most special day of all, the day that we celebrate that Jesus is risen. And so it's so special that we actually have a special way we greet one another today. We always say, peace be with you and the Lord be with you, and, and that's what we do every week. But today we have something else that we add in that's particularly special. We greet each other by saying, he is risen, and in response, you can say, he is risen indeed. So I say, he is risen, and you say, he is risen indeed. And then, that's special enough, but then we get to use that word. Do you remember the word weeks and weeks and weeks ago we had to put away? That word that we like to use to celebrate, but we had to not say for a while? We get to bring it back. We get to bring back the alleluia. We put it away, hit it, couldn't say it, but now we've got our banner, we can wave it, and we can say alleluia because that means we are celebrating. So at the end, we say together alleluia. So let's try it one more time with the alleluia at the end. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Thanks be to God. Amen. The first reading is from Acts chapter 10. Peter began to speak to the people. 
I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching Jesus, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate with him and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Give thanks to the Lord, for the Lord is good. God's mercy endures forever. Let Israel now declare, God's mercy endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my song and has become my salvation. Shouts of rejoicing and salvation echo in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord acts valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord acts valiantly. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The Lord indeed punished me sorely, but did not hand me over to death. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, here the righteous may enter. I give thanks to you, for you have answered me, and you have become my salvation. This is the day that the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received, in which you also stand, through which you also are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 
brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. Mark, the 16th chapter. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they may go and anoint Jesus' body. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance? To the tomb. When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised, he is not here. Look, There is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee, that you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you to be seated. Early on that third day, the three women went to the tomb. After the joy and expectation of the week had fallen into despair, there was nothing left but the old tried and true rituals. And so on that third day, early in the morning, they went to the tomb to do what needed to be done, to bring the spices that were needed. But the stone had been rolled away. Instead of Jesus' body, a young man in a white robe is sitting there. He tells them that Jesus has been raised and is not there. Jesus will not stay put where they placed him, will not be confined by the restrictions of death and the tomb. So far, this story should be pretty familiar. But what is shocking to me, no matter how many times I read it, is what the young man says to the women next. He tells them to go back. Go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Go to Galilee. You will see him there. Go back to where you began back to the beginning of the gospel, back to where they started their lives, back to where everything they had known was. Go back to what they had been doing before. Go back to those old places and those old ways of doing things, back into the life they had had. Why go back? Why go back there? They will not go back as they were. They will not be the same. He's saying, go back, but go back anew. Go back changed, go back knowing what you know now. 
Go back with all that you have seen, with all that you have learned. Go back to those places with new eyes. See, there's more than just go back. Go back with a promise. You will see him there. In all that you did before, look for Christ. As you go back, look for him. He will be there. He has promised. He will not leave you alone. Being with him has changed you, and he is not done with you yet. Go back, and you will see that he is still there with you. He will appear to you. In fact, he will use you in new ways, starting in the places where you were before. He has transformed your life once. He will do it again. Go back so that he can move you anew. He will be there in the midst of it all. And so as you go back to what was, you will see it differently. See it with new eyes because he is risen and he will find you. And that changes everything. Some of the old ways, the old religious traditions will have new and deeper meaning for you now that you know that Christ is alive. Some of what you have done before will take on deeper meaning because you can see that Christ will meet you in it. And other things will need to be let go because you know that the Lord brings a new way. The Lord has opened new life, and so not all that was can remain. Some of it must change, and some of it must be let go. And so the disciples will go back to Galilee, regather, and from there they will go on to start the church, to build up new traditions, give new testimony to the ways that God is at work in the world, even while they build on those older traditions, those older things they already knew. They look at the scriptures in new ways. Their eyes are opened yet again. So go back. Go back to where you were, but go back made new. Go back to be met, met there by Christ, just as he promised. What a shocking thing this young man says to them. And how often have we heard the phrase, go back, lately? Go back to normal. Go back to school. Go back to church. Go back to the way things were. We are longing to hear that command, to go back, back to where we were before. But know this, we will not go back as we were before. Too much has happened. Too much has changed we will not be as we were. To a certain extent, I'm talking about a return to all the activities of our life, particularly the activities of the church. Hopefully, that is a process that will be underway soon of coming back into the church, though it's hard to say. And while we look forward to it, it's also the case that it will be hard to say what to expect. How many people will return and when? Which ones might drift away? What new people might come in? We don't know. Things are not going to be exactly as they were before. And so on one level, I'm thinking of that smaller scale, but I'm also thinking of a bigger picture of the church, of the congregation, to the ways that there is a longing to go back, and yet we cannot go back to unchanged. You may have heard that there was a Gallup poll released this week dating back to 1937. Every year they do a basic poll of how many Americans are members of religious institutions, members of congregations, um, mosques, synagogues, all sorts of religious organizations, who, how many are officially members. And this year, for the first time since the poll started in 1937, less than 50% of Americans identified as being a member of a religious organization of some sort. And the bulk of those who are members are over the age of 60. Now, this might not be surprising, this might be surprising for some to hear, but most who are deeply involved in church life are probably not shocked to hear the statistic. The fact is the trends of the past decade and a half 
in particular, have been a sharp decline. The past 15 years or so have gone from about 75%, it had been stable for a long time there, now dropping to under 50%. The church, as many of us have known it, is dying. Many of the things that, we, that many of us identify as part of the church are passing away. There are fewer people who look to the church for their social connections. It's becoming rarer and rarer for people to get married in a church building. Fewer and fewer congregations have Sunday schools, and those that do are getting smaller. Fewer people are signing up to be parts of committees and other forms of formal leadership. All of these things are true nationally, and we see signs of them here too. That's not saying anything has been done incorrectly is being done incorrectly. It is that Christ is beginning to meet people in their lives in different ways, new ways that we as the church are called to discern and to name. And so it's helpful to be clear that a change in membership status in religious organizations is not the same as saying there's a change in religious interest. Indeed, there are plenty of indications that there is just as great or perhaps greater interest in the spiritual aspects of life today as there has been in decades. But it is certainly true that a particular form of the church, a form that largely took place in post-war America that took shape in that time, is passing away. And those that have known and loved that way of being church can rightfully mourn that loss. Ways of being church that are meaningful have been lost, and who knows what will continue forward. But this is also not a new thing. It has happened countless times in the history of the church, where the form of the church has passed away. Christ has come into the lives of people in new ways again and again, though. Different parts of the world at different times, reshaping the church again and again, as Christ brings new life into the world. New forms arise because we worship a living Christ, a Christ who does live and move and change over time and speaks into people's lives in ever new ways. Christ lives, and that means Christ is continually speaking anew. And so perhaps the message we should be hearing is this. Go back. Go back where we were to what we have known and look again. Look again for where is Jesus at? What is Jesus doing now? Where might he meet us again? Look again for what Jesus might be doing around us, what he might be asking of us. We have a promise that he will meet us, meet us in our lives. The disciples went back to their beginning to old jobs and old ways. And yet we know that in doing so, Christ met them there and transformed their lives a second time, calling them forth into new meaning yet again, new missions, new ways of doing things. Some things were retained, some were left behind. What mattered was the transforming power of Christ in their lives. And really, that's the key question for us today as well. As we prepare to go back, as we look to move ahead, where are we being called back to? What promise do we have? How have we been transformed to look at things anew? We go back to basics. Christ has promised to meet us in our lives, in the places we live, the places we work, as we go about our daily business. Christ is not leaving us alone, no matter what. Christ is alive and present in our lives. We have that incredible promise, that foundation. Now, how does that change the way we look at what we do? Some things may need to be left behind, some new things added, some ancient traditions transformed, some brought to new depth of meaning. We may need to look again at what we do. Where is Christ showing up in our lives? 
and how do we respond to that? Now, this is not me announcing some new program or particular plans. Rather, what I am saying is we need to be listening. Listen for where God is sending a message to go back, to listen again at what we know, to listen for new places where Christ is meeting us, just as he promised. Christ is raised and promises to come into our lives. That is a promise that our lives will be transformed again and again and again. That our church will be transformed again and again. And so let us listen for the new movements of life, the new ways that Christ reaches out and that people may be ready to respond. Perhaps Christ may be doing something new with us and in us. Christ is not static. He will not stay put where we bury him. He is risen and he is active and comes to us in unexpected ways. But we have that promise that we cling to, that he will come to us. So let us open our hearts and rejoice. Christ is arisen and working something new in our lives. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen.
I invite you to rise as you are able and join us all together in proclaiming the words of our faith in the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Alive in the risen Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, we bring our prayers before God who promises to hear us and answer in steadfast love. We give thanks for the signs of new life around us for the continued promise of renewal that you bring into this world. We give thanks for your calling to us to be messengers of hope in this world. Empower us to live out our baptismal calling to be images of new life and healing to those we encounter. Strengthen those who are weak and those who serve others. Guide us in being part of your continued mission by the power of your Holy Spirit. Praise to you for your power revealed in the resurrection. Fill your church with the power of your love that is stronger than death. Send us to tell the good news wherever death holds sway. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Praise to you for your life at work in the resurrection. Fill all of creation with your life. Bring it to blossom and flourish. Use it to remind us of your persistent grace. Cultivate our care for what you have made. We pray for all those who need to sense your presence with them, especially Nancy Beth, Dallas, Marge, Karen, Paul, John, Janet, Avis, Alexis, Dave, Chris, Elise, Patricia, and Willie. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Praise to you for the peace made possible in the resurrection. Fill all nations with your peace. Draw together people of all nations and languages. Reveal your possibilities and inspire new beginnings. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Praise to you for the hope of the resurrection. Fill all in need with hope. Those who are afraid or confused, those who are sick or suffering, those who are dying and those who grieve. We pray especially for Mike B, Denise, Skip and Jerry, Tom, Anita, Susan, Laura, Marion, Eric, Brian, Heather, Dennis, and Arthur. Assure them of your promises. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Praise to you for the joy of your resurrection. Fill all this assembly with joy as we are called your beloved in baptism. Multiply that joy so that we share it at home, at work, and in our community. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Praise to you for your faithfulness revealed in the resurrection. Fill us with trust that we join with all who have gone before us in proclaiming your mercy endures forever. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. In the hope of new life in Christ, we raise our prayers to you. 
trusting in your never-ending goodness and mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. Let us please share signs of that peace. Peace. And God's peace to you. Once again, good morning and welcome to live stream worship from St. Matthew Lutheran Church this joyous Easter Sunday. We're happy you joined us today and we hope you'll continue to tune in. We've got limited announcements for you today. First, please note, next Sunday, April the 11th, St. Matthew will not be live streaming. Let me repeat that. Next Sunday, April the 11th, St. Matthew will not be live streaming Instead, the New Jersey Synod will provide a virtual worship link for everyone. Look for that worship link in this week's eBlessed. Also, regarding reopening for in-person worship, contrary to what you've read in the April Messenger, it may be now unlikely that we will be able to resume in-person worship beginning April 18th. While we hoped and prayed for improving conditions, both the trend in new cases and the infection rate are rising in Burlington County. A final decision will be made by April 12th, so I'll know how to respond to any reservation requests which are mailed to me. It's getting closer, folks. Mark your calendars for April 25th to join that Zoom event facilitated by our green team in celebration of Earth Day as they present a very special environmental superheroes lesson to our Sunday school families. That's Sunday, April 25th at 11.15 a.m. That link will also be provided in our weekly Eve Blast. And in closing, these beautiful flowers behind me, which you've purchased, can be retrieved next week, Tuesday through Thursday morning, between the hours of 9.30 a.m. till noon. Thank you. Let us pray. Blessed are you, O God, ruler of heaven and earth. Day by day you shower us with your blessings, 
as you have raised us to new life in Christ, give us glad and generous hearts, ready to praise you and to respond to those in need. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Holy, mighty, and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord, and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food, the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Come to the banquet, for all is now ready. And now receive the benediction. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you, now and forever. Amen.
Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. <laughs>